Welcome back to FDN, everyone. Hi, I'm Ryan Silverstein. I'm here with my buddy Ian Kimball. F yeah! Woo! I'm all hyped. Austin was so crazy, we had to take a week off because we could not handle it. Uh, but we're back to recap the United States Grand Prix, to preview the Mexico City Grand Prix, talk about how absolutely wild the end of the season is going to be. We have five races left. Five. Three back to back to back. Yes. And then we go to some horrible countries. And I... I, know, I didn't know that the championship was going to be this close. And now I regret wishing it was going to be this close. Like, I would all, like I'm so on edge. I got to tell you. Specifically dude, for Max Verstappen. I've, you know, there was always. So the thing is, in my short career as an F1 fan, there's been a good amount of times that I've seen a race where somebody, typically Lewis Hamilton, was just leaps and bounds ahead of the field and was not going to get caught. Mm -hmm. Um, Similarly, there's been a good amount of times that I've seen a race, and then I know that you've seen a race, where, uh, where Lewis or someone else was in second place and for 15 laps was just getting seconds closer and closer and closer to first. And then finally past first, like uh, we've, you know, we've seen that happen plenty of times. And in Austin, you know, whenever it happens, it's thrilling every week. It's a thrill, but like with the added level of how tight the championship is seeing Lewis catch up to max last week in Austin, mm-hmm was like beyond nail biting. You know what I mean? It was at a certain point I was watching it. And like you had an insane race going on between Ferrari and McLaren. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bottas was trying to catch up. Like there was a great midfield battle going on. But like seeing Lewis catching up to Max and then being like, yeah, man, like he might get him. And it looked like he might we're talking about the difference between first and second place in the championship. Yeah. 1.333 seconds. Yeah. Separated them at the finish line. And, you know, I think if this were last season, I'd be watching that and be like, fuck, Lewis is going to catch and pass Max and win this race. Right. And you can't say that this year, not just because of this result, but just Red Bull is in a much stronger position overall. And oh yeah, Red Bull. Whatever they did in the off season, man, they did it big. Yeah, you know, I mean, to go into the Circuit of the Americas, uh, which is like, you know, Mercedes' home turf, basically. You know, if, if the uh, the world is like a risk board, and like Mercedes would be would have their little dudes on America because yeah. they've been so dominant here the last few seasons, and to go into you know, not their home race, but again, a race they've been very successful at, and to just absolutely dominate, to get the pull, to get the win, you know, to have a double podium. Yeah. It's just huge. How do you argue? How do you argue? It's huge. They they really stepped it up, man. 
Red Bull is just absolutely killing it. And it's exciting to see, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's exciting to see these guys really, really going at it and really fighting hard. Um, and seeing Max finally be in the car that's competitive enough to keep up, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, it's just converging at such a great time because if, if the Red Bull was this good two years ago, would he still have been good enough to catch Lewis? See, I was just thinking about that, and I think, I think it's really fortuitous, the dovetailing of Max's maturity as a driver and Red Bull getting just advancing their car to this place because two years ago maybe last year probably would have been almost as close uh but i I think max has gotten better with being consistent with not letting setbacks mess up his whole sunday right you know i think that's the big the big change in max from this season to last season is that you know he seems cool and collected like he's calm on sunday uh, you know, and they've come, they've mentioned it a bunch of times on the broadcast. We're like, they're like, Max doesn't, Max Verstappen doesn't seem like a person who is fighting tooth and nail with Lewis Hamilton for an F1 championship right now because yeah. he is, he's got, he's just that confident in himself. Mm-hmm. And that if he doesn't win the championship, it's not, it's not going to be like, oh, this happened and that happened. And it was like, yeah, I wasn't good enough is going to be right. his answer. Yeah. And I think, you know what, I think that if there is anything to learn from Lewis Hamilton, I think that, like, that is a lesson. Because, like, with Max, talk about, like, improvement in terms of being a driver and having something to chase. When you are the younger guy and you're in the car that's not as good, and you have to fight every week just to keep up with mm-hmm. those guys. Like I always look back at like being a kid and, you know, playing a game or something and always being told you have to play with people who are way better than you are because it will just make you that much better. Mm-hmm. And and I think in this case, it's very true. I think it really happened uh, and it shows, you know, like, like you said, he's, his skills have improved. The car has improved, but I think most importantly, he has matured in a way that he saw Lewis on the worst weekends when he was still winning the championship and he would be hard on himself, yep. never hard on the team never hard on the car. He was hard on himself. And then the next week he would try to be better. And that's what he did, you know? Like, yeah. And I think that comes across too in the Schumacher documentary. Yeah. You know, and you know that Hamilton watched Schumacher very closely, you know, and you can see that that, that is part of the mark of a champion. Yeah, for um, sure. I don't know if you saw in the, the, oh. oh, I don't know if you saw in the pre-race, uh, footage they were talking about Michael Schumacher's impact on F1 and how like you know Sebastian Vettel probably wouldn't have become an F1 driver if it wasn't for uh Michael Schumacher 
just because no, like F one was just not super popular in Germany until Schumacher. Oh wow! Because um, they, they were just talking about, and they started talking about how like having you know a um, like a a, a race a, a F one driver from a country it changes the way that that sport is perceived in that country. Um, and so you know they were like, yeah, Schumacher had this huge impact on. Um, F1 fandom in Germany, like just basically brought it back to life. Um, wow. You know, because it had been sort of dormant since Nicky Lauda had sort of like, you know, been re- like there hadn't been any German drivers in like the five years before Schumacher. But yeah. they played a clip of Schumacher talking about, oh yeah, there's this 16 year old kart racer in England that I've got my eye on because. Yeah, if- crazy. Yeah, like if he keeps going, he's definitely going to make it to F one. And Shit. he was talking about Lewis Hamilton, like just wow. yeah, it's it's just crazy to think about like that that like continuity that through line between everything and like you know so like Lewis definitely learned some stuff by watching Schumacher, Verstappen learned stuff by watching Hamilton and and Vettel, like yeah, um, you know nobody learned anything from Nico Rosberg. Like it's just the way that these things go that you know, the things get sort of handed down and people can be role models, you know, even within the sport. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, I mean, I'm still hammering through that um, F1 book that I got mm-hmm. and it's delightful. Like, That's awesome. It's so cool to, to see uh, all of the different um just like the stories that are built from this, from this sport and like who really uh, like, just like what you're talking about, who looked up to Schumacher and Schumacher looking at these kids. And like, you see like the, the photo that still stands out to me from this year is the one of George Russell as a little kid with like trying to get Lewis Hamilton to sign a book. Yeah. And it's like next year he's his teammate. You know what I mean? And it's like, that, that's just crazy to me. It's crazy. And it's exciting. You know, I think that that's really cool. Yeah, I, I think it's amazing, honestly. Um, just, I mean, the sport is just incredible. I finally watched that uh, Fanjo documentary that's on Netflix. Oh, dude, it's so good. And I was like... I just, I love learning more about the sport and just like seeing the old race footage and like, just, yeah, there's so many, just the fact that, you know, racing basically started because some guy was like, oh, I have two cars and I got this long straight stretch of road. I wonder which one of them is faster. faster. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. And it's just, it's just all just, yeah. I don't know. I, I just love the sport. It's, it's fucking great. Oh, it's uh, amazing. And like, the, you know, the fact that it's global, um, mm-hmm. I would really like them to see, see them bring Africa back into the fold. Yeah, uh, that'd be great. We can have every continent. Um, fuck Antarctica. No, we should race there. Yeah, that would be wild, dude. That would be uncool. That would be just, it's just penguins and fucking the eight people that are like on a research team down there and they're like, like that's fucking it. Oh my God. No, I don't want to race in Antarctica. 
but like Morocco would be dope. Morocco would be fucking rad, dude. Morocco would be great. South Africa would be great. Mm-hmm. I think seeing something develop in like a like a Nigeria would be pretty yeah. rad. You that'd, know? Be, that'd be cool. Madagascar. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Yeah. They could have three or four spots in Africa that would oh, easily be easily. insane. That would be insane. And it's not like F1 cares that much about human rights, so there's a lot of options. Oh yeah, Egypt. <laughs> Fuck it. Like that's that's kind of nuts. Um, yeah. I watched a documentary a couple years ago about this is totally off topic, but just it was about a guy trying to like bring positive change uh, in his home country of Kenya. Mm-hmm. He's like running for office and he's like a photojournalist, activist type. But it was like cool. It was kind of interesting just like seeing scenes of them like following him around like these outdoor markets and stuff. And like there's a bunch of people like wearing like Star Wars shirts and like Nike and like, I'm like they got the like it's kind of like it's crazy how like we think of that as such a different place, but like they at least are aware of the stuff that, of some of the stuff that we're oh, aware yeah. of. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. They're not dumb. No, no, no. I would never say that. But no, I know that you weren't. You know what I mean? The fact that, a that lot they people... give a shit about that stuff. Yeah. Is you know what I mean? The fact that like the impact that our culture has on their culture. Yeah. Is fascinating to me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway. So the US um Grand Prix. Yeah, and I, I feel like if you looked at the starting grid and you looked at the end results you might like just based on position you'd be like oh yeah that was like sort of a boring race because the top one two three four ended one two three four and you know the person who was in fifth which was carlos you know dropped down to seventh, mm-hmm. and you know gasly uh retired early but which other than unfortunate. that yeah so super unfortunate but like yeah, most people finished roughly in the order they started in until you get down to Sebastian Vettel, who climbed from 18th to get into the points, which yep. is awesome. It's incredible. Yuki uh, got some points. Good for him. Yeah, but that, but that, like you were saying before, like that's not the actual story of this race. You know what I mean? I think right, right. I was, I don't want to say impressed, but I was super fascinated watching Bottas struggle in traffic for a lot of the race. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I mean, the Mercedes just doesn't know how to follow, you know? Yeah, but but then again, Lewis doesn't seem to have as much of an issue. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Um, I mean, when, when, I, yeah, I suppose you're right. I think Lewis is just also a significantly better driver. You yeah, know, I, kind I, of- I, I, I 100% agree with you. I wonder yeah. how much of it is like car set. You know how like people are like, oh yeah, like we heard that like Checo's been making tweaks to the setup, especially the last like half of the season. Yeah. Where like he's trying to mold the Red Bull to be a Checo car unless him driving Max Max's other car, you know? Right. right. And like, I wonder how much of that is set up. I just, like, I know the Mercedes isn't as good in traffic as it is leading. Like that, not going to disagree with that but right i just i can't imagine lewis being stuck behind danny ricardo that whole time you know what i mean like 
Yeah. Like I struggling see your point. to get past Norris and struggling to get like Bottas was behind. I mean, you know, we did see Yuki defend Lewis for like three or four laps. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's totally fair. But this was a 56 lap race and Bottas gained three spots. Yeah. Yeah. You make a uh, a really good point. Um I mean, and honestly, I don't he he probably should have finished in seventh. If uh if Danny didn't bump Carlos off, mm-hmm. I feel like it wouldn't have really, really hindered Carlos's race. And Bottas probably would have finished seventh. But um yeah, I think it's just, you know. I feel like week to week Bottas either has it or he doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. some weeks when he has it, man, he sure has it. But then other weeks when he doesn't, it just, he starts in ninth and finishes sixth, you know, right. like, like that's what he has to offer. I'm just saying like, hypothetically, if George Russell who started in 20th in a Williams and finished 14th yeah. in a Williams. Yeah. I, I don't I, I just I think it's gonna be very interesting next year is is I guess what I'm trying to say because yeah. you know I just I don't I don't see that happening and you know obviously Russell had a little bit of help because three people did not finish the race um including both Alpines but you know he had he had gained ground right um, right you know it's uh, yeah but still man still I um yeah, I feel like uh, Perez it being a, a, a one and three for Red Bull again is really incredible. Perez had a, a very consistent race. Um, he looked pretty solid and strong the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, Leclerc, I think, is one of the stories of the race just because we didn't hear a word about him. He fucking cruised in fourth the entire time. I mean, that's, I feel like this race is the exact perfect example of the most of Leclerc season. Yeah. Which he's just been out there doing his thing, running his race and, you know, not losing ground, not really, not being able to gain on Mercedes or Red Bull if they're in front of him, Mm -hmm. but not giving up ground either. Right. Right. Um, Because honestly, if it weren't for, I mean, Carlos has been doing great, but like, Leclerc's performance, it, like, is the reason that there is a Ferrari McLaren fight to begin with. I mean, you know, you say that, but I mean, Leclerc and, and Carlos are almost neck and neck. Like, they're not the same as Lando and Danny, where Lando has been carrying McLaren the entire time. Uh, yeah, let me go to the. Yeah, like the. Yeah, I guess you're point. right. There's only six points difference between them. Yeah. It's, they're all in a row, though, which is funny, because Lando has 149, Leclerc has 128, Carlos is 122 and a half, and then Danny has 105. Yeah. And he's uh, 30 points ahead, 31 points ahead of Gasly in nine. Right, right. Um, um, yeah, so I think, you know, I think Ferrari has a good team between the two of them, but to your point, Leclerc has, I mean, well, Carlos got two podiums and I think Leclerc only has one, but Leclerc is consistently like finishing in fourth place. Yeah. He is like the fourth place driver. Yeah. This season, which is Um, awesome. Considering look at his, 
Yeah, that's fucking crazy. I definitely, I could have, if you had a gun to my head 30 seconds ago, I would have sworn that LeClaire had at least two podiums this season. No, yeah, just the um, one. Just the one at Silverstone. And uh, Science has three. Three. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, which is incredible. And like, it's also, also, I totally forgot that uh, Ricardo, his only podium is also his win. Right. Um, which is just absolutely crazy. Uh, it's so funny looking at the standings and like Hungary is like so weird because like Max finished in ninth, Lewis finished in second, and then uh, Batas, Perez, Norris, and Leclerc all retired. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, so just like looking at like when you look at, you know, in the chart they have on Wikipedia, it just looks yeah, crazy yeah. because there's this block of cars that like. It's like, uh, what happened? Retired. It's like Ocon happened? won. And you're like, what? Like, that can't be right. Like, that has to be. Yeah. <laughs> Who got this wrong? You know? And then, like, that, you know, that's the reason that all got disqualified for, which is bullshit. Um, yeah. Just. Um, but yeah, dude. Um, so, I know. I know. So, looking at our uh, predictions, do you remember yeah. yours? Uh, I have my written down. I have mine up here. Um, so we both picked Batas to get mm-hmm. the pole, uh, which we would be wrong. Yeah. And by pole, we mean finish first in qualifying because yes. I mean, we didn't know that he was going to have a five place for penalty when we made that prediction. Right. But he did get pole. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I meant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm saying, when we say pole, because Max started the race at the front of the grid, but we mean right. Batesk was the fastest in Q3. Right. Yeah. And we were both right. So, ha. Because we're awesome. Yeah. Uh, fastest lap, you said Max. Mm-hmm. I said Checo. We would both be wrong. It was uh, Lewis Hamilton. Had the it was Lewis Hamilton. Race. 138.485, which is yeah. blistering. It's fast as fuck fast as yeah. fuck um you picked danny ricardo to be the driver of the day okay. uh and i do want to give you kudos for that because i don't know if you remember seeing it when they put the last little stat up but it was max and lewis almost neck and neck with like like 35 or like 40 percent of the vote each and everybody was just like whoever wins is going to get driver of the day yeah uh and the next one in line behind them was Danny Ricardo. And yeah, I was man. like, I was like, that's what's up. Honorary American Danny Ricardo. And exactly. I saw that. I saw that and I was like, Ryan was right. Ryan yeah. was right. He is the closest thing we have to an American. And I, I just I honestly thought that he was just gonna have some kind of magical day. Like I in my gut, I was like, we could see Danny Ricardo by the end because yeah. The juice of being able to drive his idol's car before the race. Yeah. Which was an incredible moment. Just absolutely amazing. What an incredible moment. It was so neat. I actually saw that that reminded me. I saw something really funny. Uh, I forget which track it was. I feel like it was Coda. I mean, it must have been. It had to have been. Because they showed uh, a NASCAR um 
they were like, this is the real difference between a NASCAR and a Formula One car. And then NASCAR comes down the straight and hooks that first turn and like goes way off the fucking track, like mm-hmm. doesn't keep two wheels on the track and like, you know, kind of curves and goes off. And then they show an F1 car and it's like, and like it just zips right through that shit and stays on the track. And it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck. Like when you see it neck and neck, like I would love to see two, like a, like five of the best NASCAR and best NASCAR drivers and, you know, Lewis, Max, Checo, Leclerc, and like Lando, right? Mm-hmm. In F1 cars on the same track at the same time. And it's like first to fucking 10 laps wins. Just to see. Just to see. Because <laughs> they'll fucking... Like, they'll, they'll go by them so fast that it wouldn't even be... Like, do you well, think... The question the is, is there hits? enough width on the track for both of those cars to pass each other? I mean, like one to pass the other. I mean, well, the nice thing to know is the F1 cars could pass on the inside anytime they wanted because oh, the true. NASCARs can't stick. Yeah, so that's true. They could, just, they could just dive on the inside and like it wouldn't be a problem. Uh, and on the front straights, I mean, but like, I don't know if, I don't know if the NASCAR would hit six laps out of 10. I don't know if they would well, get that far. Here, here's my NASCAR hot take. Uh, the slower the track, the better the racing is in NASCAR. Yeah, for sure. I think that's fair. Well, I mean, also, and it's just like, you know, they're just going in a big circle. Yeah. And like they're I, all going like 200. I, they're like all condensed together the entire time. Like Talladega is like whatever, but give me like a Martinsville or a Bristol. Um, like the super speedways in NASCAR is just the worst racing it's the fastest and it's the least interesting but get, like i said give me give me a mile or a half mile oval you know or like a watkins Glen weekend yeah that's what's up yeah for sure i agree you know so, i always like going to dover because that's a mile oval and that's like a, a pretty good sweet spot where the cars can like spread out and like try different strategies and shit yeah for sure so nascar did race at coda this year mm-hmm uh, <laughs> um, they went fifty-four they laps. The, they didn't do the same course, did they? Yeah, they did Coda. Oh, really? Actual, like the exact same, exact same spot, Coda. Uh, they did uh fifty-four laps, I guess. And the fuck. Oh yeah, so it was shortened due to heavy rain. Um, their average speed was 59 miles an hour that's awesome yeah that makes me feel like i could fucking drive it 2c version yeah right. i'm trying what to the fastest i'm the trying fastest to find the lap? fastest lap that's right. what i'm that's what i want to know echo park texas grand prix give me the fucking why is this so hard 2021 Texas Grand Prix, originally scheduled for 68 laps. 
the pole position time was two minutes and 12 seconds. Holy shit. <laughs> God damn. Uh, Verstappen was 132. <laughs> God damn. It was 40 fucking seconds faster. Holy shit. Holy shit, dude. Holy shit, dude. I mean, think about that race, that NASCAR race is 231 miles long. Like, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And there's 40 cars on the track, which, which is, is too many. Way too many. That's a lot of fucking cars. Um, and it's all the two of them are Americans. Wow. 59 mile an hour average speed. Like, you know, fucking far off. Jesus Christ. You know, fucking, that's 40 seconds faster per lap. 40 seconds. Anyway, I'm done shit talking NASCAR. Um, Um, That's, I mean, it's impressive that Mazepin was faster than that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You could literally put Mazepin out there and he'd be like, guys, I got one. (laughs) <laughs> I did it. Um, so for the podium, you said Max Bottas Lando. Um, you got Max right, and there was a Mercedes in second. Um, I said it was going to be Lewis Max Bottas. Uh, I got the first two backwards. Bottas didn't stand a chance. Wild card for you was that Lewis finished no better than sixth. We could only hope. I said no points for McLaren. They did finish fifth and eighth. Uh, so so I was got some way points. off. Um, my driver to watch was Leclerc, uh, which I think was a good pick because he had such a consistent race. Yours was Lando, and I want to talk about that. Okay. Do you want me to talk about it first? Yeah, no, I want you to talk to me about. I want to, I need to know why he was your driver to watch. Specifically, you wrote he was your driver to watch all weekend. Well, yeah, that's I mean that, that's the way the, the question goes. Um, so looking at I was thinking about I've been thinking about Lando's season since Hungary, uh, specifically. So mm-hmm. um, you know, he was 14th in Belgium, he was 10th in at Zandvoort, you know, he had the um, McLaren had the one-two in Italy, and then he was uh, seventh in Russia, despite having the pole and the fastest lap. He was seventh in Turkey, and then he was eighth this weekend. And those are worse. Those last three races, those last—I mean, those last uh, five out of the last six races. Uh, He's finished worse than any of the races before Hungary, mm-hmm. where his lowest was uh, he had an eighth place in Barcelona, the fourth race of the season. Mm-hmm. Other than that, his lowest place finish for the whole first half of the season uh, was fifth. Right. And so I think, you know, we talked a lot about Lando earlier this season. And uh-huh. I don't know whether he's just like, it's like a stamp, some kind of weird stamina thing where he's just like, 
run out of steam or attention span or something, but you know, I've, I've just been noticing him slip and I wanted to see if this was the weekend where he, he turned that back around or if he continued to sort of slide. And, and how do you feel? Well, I mean, he finished in eighth, which was worse than his last two races. So I don't, you know, so, I, and I don't know if McLaren has just been struggling because like these tracks aren't as good for them. Um, I mean, look, uh, we talked a lot early this season about Lando's successes and specifically about how he was getting pretty fucking cocky. Mm -hmm. He was getting cocky. And I'm glad you did the research because I didn't know it as specifically as you just put it um, regarding his, his finishes. But I knew like the last five, like you said, five out of six races, like if you take Mons out of it, then it's like, man, Lando has not been doing good. Like not even like not been doing as good. He has not been doing good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, considering the stronghold that he had over McLaren, because the thing is, too, like I, that I want to really point out is in the first half of the year, McLaren was Lando and Danny couldn't drive the fucking car. Yep. Now, Danny's finishing ahead of Lando more than he's finishing behind him Mm -hmm. and you know you're seeing that experience come in you're seeing i think you're seeing sort of the same thing happen with danny that's happening with checo where he walked in and started driving lando's car and over the first half of this season has just been tweaking it and tweaking it and tweaking it and now you're really starting to see results out of him same way you're seeing Checo, who, you know, hasn't had as good of a season as we would have hoped with Red Bull, but is obviously, you know, getting better and, and getting a lot more comfortable. Yep. Um, you see that and like you look at uh, you look at Danny and Lando, but like the difference is Lando, where he was super cocky earlier this year and was, you know, was crushing it and just seemed to be on top of the world something fell apart for him and so like i don't want to say that the car isn't performing as well because like i said danny's still showing up in it you know he's he's still performing in that car and like yeah ferrari is getting better because since they changed their power unit they are fucking quick they're quick quick uh but yeah man that being said like McLaren had a really strong hold on third place in the championship and it has dwindled significantly. Uh, Lando had a strong hold on third place in the championship for a long time. And now he's down to fifth and at risk of finishing even lower than that. Yeah, he was solid. I mean, he's behind Checo by one point and Checo was in fifth or sixth at one point this season. I was trying to find you know, a chart that, like, shows yeah. how the driver standings have changed over the course of the season, but I haven't been able to find one, but, um, you know, but Lando was, Lando was the third-place driver for much of the season. Right. 
Um, so, yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like Lando. I see what he's capable of. I know that we kind of, I specifically, I kind of shit talked him early in the season for being a little cocky and being a little big for his britches. But another part of me is like, like I, it, like I, I hope, I guess I just hope that he's learning a lesson this season because the next few tracks aren't, I mean, a couple of them are, are very, un- well, at least one of them is very untested. Uh, but like the high altitudes aren't super good for McLaren. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, we'll see how, how he looks in Mexico. But I thought it was a really strong choice that you made uh, that he was your driver to watch all weekend. And I was really happy that you put that in there. And I think that, uh, you know, he really, he, he showed us that he's definitely not uh, doing as well as he'd done earlier this season. Yeah. And honestly, got a lot if, he to was, learn. if he was driving that second Red Bull right now, if he would be like, oh, he's not coming back next season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be like, oh, he doesn't. Not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that's uh, – who was your driver to watch from last week? Charles. Chuck Cluck. Mm, yeah. Who gets zero TV time. Uh, yeah. Zero. <laughs> zero. Which is kind of great. You know what I mean? Like, that's one of the that's one of the funny things about about F1 is when they say uh, when you see that shit and it's like, oh, yeah, he got no TV time, which means he had an amazing race. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, which means uh, he, he wasn't battling anybody for position. He was just yeah. doing his thing. Yeah. He crushed it beautifully. That's why we didn't talk about him or see him the entire time. It's like, uh, cool. Are you ready to talk about Mexico? Dude, Mexico is going to be great. Let's talk about it. I'm so fucking excited. I'm going to eat only tacos between now and Sunday. Dude, I should, because uh, you're going to come over, right? Yeah. Fuck yeah. I could whip up some some tacos. Yo. Ooh. I got to figure out if I want to do pork or uh, brisket. Oh, uh, boy. What? I mean, hey, I'll pitch in and let's do both. <laughs> P.S. Uh, you got some of those hot peppers in the backyard. And they oh, should this make in the well, yeah, no. yeah, um, yeah. But I can, I can. Well, this is all going to shit. <laughs> yeah, they should race <laughs> Mexico in August and September, which is like peak. Yeah, Alpino right. I'm going to bring running. over a bottle of tequila that we have to finish before the race is over. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that uh, little that little exhale says it all. You're gonna have to. You're probably gonna have to Uber home. Yeah, no, nah, I'm just gonna stay. <laughs> All right, it's gonna be me and your cat on the floor, just singing to each other. She would love that. Oh uh, yeah, um, she's awesome. All right, do you want to do the uh, the circuit stats of the uh, Autodromo oh, Hermanos Rodriguez? Oh yeah, who is that? Oh, they're two uh, uh, Mexican race race car drivers. Oh um, really? Mm-hmm. The Hermanos, meaning brothers, uh, the uh, Ricardo and Pedro Rodriguez. The circuit got named shortly after it opened when Ricardo uh, died at practice during the non championship 1962 Mexican Grand Prix, mm-hmm. and his brother died uh, while driving nine years later. 
So Jesus. Yeah. That is terrible. Uh, so I did not realize that, the, <laughs> that they had both uh, died on track. Well, not at that track, but just on track. Well, I, yeah. was, uh, <laughs> I knew what the name was, but I did not, uh, did not realize that. Um, yeah, geez. So this weekend, it is the Formula One Grand Premio de la Ciudad de Mexico. 2021 in mexico i should say yeah uh, um circuit length 4.304 kilometers it's relatively short 71 laps first grand prix was in 1963 there are uh th- there's two drs zones uh i'm sorry there's three drs zones um which is insane. Um, last year, who won last year? Uh, or, I'm last sorry, year. 2019, I should say. Yeah. Uh, 2019, uh, we had uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, in first, mm-hmm. Seb and Bottas rounding out second and third. Um, Leclerc, Albon, Verstappen, Checo, Danny, Gasly, and Hulkenberg. Um, do you know who has the lap record? Uh, I do because I, I saw it when I was looking stuff up earlier. Nice. Uh, it's uh, Valtteri Bottas from yeah, 2018. 2018. Minute 18. 741. It's quick. Uh, this is the highest elevated track on the circuit. Uh, which... I did not know that. Yeah, this is the highest elevated track on the circuit, which stands to be great news for Red Bull and Ferrari and less than great news for Mercedes and McLaren. Do you know why that is? Because I've seen that everywhere and I don't have an explanation for why. Other than I couldn't even begin to fucking guess. Okay. I have no clue. I mean, it's got to have something to do with their with the air intake. Um, I feel like it would have more to do with the air intake than the aerodynamics at that point. I feel like I feel like elevation and thinner air to me is more of an engine thing and less of a downforce uh, issue. Less of a downforce issue, yeah, because it's not like it's windier. You know, because it's higher. Um, right. Yeah, I feel like the thinner air. So it's got to be. It's got to be an intake. Something with the, with the intake, uh, which is kind of surprising to me that that's how it is. But uh, considering like Mercedes is German and like in the mountains. And yeah, and it's not like they haven't raced. Here. It's not like it's a surprise. It's not like they moved the track. Right, like you would think right. That they could design, yeah. yeah, but I think some, with so you know. many of the with so many of the car or so many of the tracks like at sea level, uh, I suppose that they are like that's clearly where their focus is, and for whatever reason, Red Bull is just on top of it with this. Um, there are two wildly long straightaways uh, in this, and some great passing zones. Uh, that first the turn one, two, and three, where it's got that quick, you know, right, left, right, 
and then four, five, and six also being such quick turns after a second long straightaway. Uh, I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of big passes in those areas. I think it's going to be a wickedly fast track. Um, it's a lot yeah. of laps. So I think uh, tire wear is going to be a major issue. Yeah. I mean, I think we'll also see some good passing in the turn seven through 11 yeah. area, uh, similar to Coda and Silverstone, where it has that sort of wavy pattern going to it. Yeah, um, for sure. Where you can build up some speed, hit some corners the right way. Um, yeah. I, 2019, from what I remember, was a pretty exciting race. Um, the, you know, it, it's Mexico always seems to deliver a great race. Like, it's not, a, you know, one of those classic tracks that people talk about, but it's not one of those ones where people are like, oh. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I mean, like, you know, both uh, Saturday and Sunday, we're looking at low wind speeds. I mean, like, you know, wind is four, five miles an hour, nothing mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, race time tracks, or the, the air is going to be 70 degrees. Um, you know, you know, moderate humidity, 30 to 40% humidity, sunny, not a cloud in the sky. So, I mean, it's nice that we're going to get another really clean race in, uh, weather wise it's rained so fucking much this year um, that it'll be, it'll be nice to see this track bright and sunny and see the cars moving quick. Uh, Ryan, what do you think is going to happen? Well, yeah, I mean, we can get into our questions and predictions. Uh, I think it's going to be an exciting race. I think the other thing that I wanted to highlight that's exciting about it is the last four races have been Lewis, Max, Max, Lewis. Lewis, Max, uh, Max, Lewis. In terms of winners, the last four races at this track. Oh, at this track, I was like, yeah. I was like, sorry, I don't think yeah, yeah. Lewis has won in a while. Yeah, um, so Lewis won in twenty nineteen. Max won in seventeen and eighteen, and Lewis had won before that in sixteen. Wow. So it's not it's not one of these tracks that has a clear favorite. In yeah. terms of one team dominating over the other, um, so I think that that I mean, obviously, that'll make it even more exciting for the championship. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, I have a total wild card of a question to you because I read an article today that just sent me through a loop, uh, which is part of what uh, sp- spawned our pre-show discussion about the cars we wish we, we could buy. Yes. Um, we had, and for the record, we had a solid hour-long discussion about buying a car, uh, and this all started with you bringing up, well, I don't want to get into it. I'm going to let you get into it, but we sat and we just Googled <laughs> everything from Ferrari to Lamborghini to every other, McLaren, Aston Martin, every supercar you can think of. So I'm so curious about this wildcard question. Where are you going with this? Yeah, so, uh, because I started with, I saw this news item and it brought back to mind a thing I have been actually thinking about for the last couple of weeks, which is why would I buy a Porsche? Like if I have enough money to spend 175,000 on a Porsche 911, why wouldn't I just spend $200,000 and get a Ferrari? Yes. 
And what spot, what, what made me think about it today is I saw a new story that Porsche is actively considering joining F1 for 2025. Whoa. Because they join Formula E. Uh-huh. And they're doing pretty well. They've been making a lot of headway on electric engines, uh, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But the 2025 wrecks are being worked on now. So Porsche is sort of tossing their hat in the ring, maybe influence. Do we have something, a hybrid turbo era instead of a turbo hybrid era? Do we have more electric power in the car? Like, there's a lot of conversations being had about this right now. And Porsche has said publicly that they are strongly considering joining Formula One for, for the next uh, engine wrecks. Wow. Wow. Huh. Oh, man. I don't. I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's get him in there. Let's see what they can do, buddy. You know, that's I, that's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't read that. Yeah. Um, I like it. I, I think uh, I think anybody should be in there. Um, that... Do you think there should be 22 cars on the grid? Yeah, I think there should be 24. Let's do oh, this. Shit. Yeah, let's fucking roll, baby. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, that's it's it's so insane to me, too. Like, I know that we're about to walk into 2022, but it's crazy for me to think of 2025 because, like, by that point, Lewis will be gone, Seb will be gone. You know, Checo will probably be gone. Mm-hmm. Fernando will be gone. Mm-hmm. At the end of this year, Kimmy's gone. So, yeah. like, you know, it's it's kind of, it's so like, man, who the fuck would even be racing at that point? You know, you're gonna have all these these younger drivers coming in and who's gonna be on what team. So, like, it's kind of crazy to think about, but like, should there be 22 cars? Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. If they can keep up, you know, at least you know ideally they'll be faster than the haas cars so like yeah fucking throw them in there can you imagine haas is still racing in 2025 and just gene is just sad yeah this is always sad because uh, i mean you know mick's not going to drive for them by that point Don't no to... no fucking way dude if mick doesn't if mick isn't driving for ferrari in 2025 i'll be able to yeah, I go, oh yeah, dude. Pick up what his dad started. Yeah. Yo. Yo. Russell dude, Schumacher. But if it's Russell Schumacher. Oh, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it right now. I can't do it right now. That's not that's not for right now. Or again, you know, he's German. He could be, but what if he's like, I'm gonna lead this Porsche team into the new era of F1 for the first time in 40 or 50 years. No, I don't think he's going to do that. I think who is going to do that is uh, Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> Sebastian fucking Vettel. No, it's, uh, I think it's going to be Matt. How metal would that be, though? If he was like, if Seb became like the Mark Martin of F1, where he's like <laughs> 60 <laughs> years old. Yeah. <laughs> Just still and like, like competitive. Yeah, and he's still crushing it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Mark Martin was fucking old, bro. He was old. I don't know if he still if he actually ended up retiring yet. Yeah, dude, he's got to be like ninety. What are you talking about? <laughs> he had to retire. Well, There's I'm no gonna, way. 
I'm gonna look this up real quick. Yeah, there's no fucking way. He's 120 years old. He can't still drive a car. So he is currently okay. First of all, this is fucking crazy. Okay, I want you to actually guess how old Mark Martin is right now. For real, for real, guess. For real, guess. Mark Martin is seventy-eight. Okay, you are wildly incorrect. He is sixty-two years old. What? <laughs> are you kidding? Yeah, like, dude was born in nineteen fifty-nine. That's not right. No, it isn't. Nah. Yeah, that's on his Wikipedia page. Huh. I thought he was old. I thought he was old when he was when I was watching him when we were, when I was a kid. Same. I was like, that dude is old. Yeah, bro, you're way too old to be doing this. Oh wow. Like he uh he started running, let's see. His first full-time year. All right. Do you want to guess what year he competed for rookie of the year in NASCAR? Oh God! So he was born in in fifty nine. You said mm-hmm. um, rookie of the year. He competed it had to be eighty two. Nailed it! Nice. Nailed it! Nice. Uh, do you want to guess what year he actually retired? Two thousand seven. Uh. So his last full season um, was, let's see. His last full season was 2013. He finished third at Daytona that year. Fuck. And then he kept racing in 2013 and 2014, and he was ready to start the 2014 season for Tony Stewart if he hadn't been medically cleared to start the season. Shit, dude. And he, yeah, because Tony Stewart was has, in that really bad crash, right? Yeah, yeah. So this yeah, was yeah. after that. He came, he was like, had just joined that team, and, and he was like, yeah, if, if he's not ready to go, then I'll, like, I'll start the season for him, and then he could take over when he's ready yeah yeah but he still refuses to use the word retirement wow which is you know good for him yeah that uh, is good for him yeah imagine if alonzo went to nascar and he was just like fuck it i can drive these slow, slow <laughs> cars. i think he would get so bored he would i think he would get bored i don't know how but any- he could hit people which he would enjoy yeah he'd just bang into them I don't know how any F1 driver could drive a NASCAR. Like, I feel like <laughs> an F1 driver getting into NASCAR would, like, be giddy about it every race, and it would be akin to go-kart racing for them. They'd be like, yo, this is so fun. Like, you guys, I'm having the best time. And they'd be like, there's a championship. And you'd be like, yeah, okay. Like, I'll get there. Yeah, cool, man. Like, I, I mean, th- I think this is neat. You know, you guys seem like you're having a really good time. <laughs> you know those, like, crazy carts where they have, like, the caster wheels? And, oh, like, yeah, and they spin all about? 
yeah. yeah. I saw a picture of Max Verstappen on one from a couple of years ago, and he's like <laughs> frowning, and it's one of the funniest pictures of. I have to try to find it. <laughs> so, <do you? laughs> he looks so he pissed is. off. <laughs> of course he is. He's like, this is not racing. Oh man, what a fucking nerd. <laughs> oh boy. Yo, how about the fact that Nikita Mazepin's in 21st place? It's my favorite thing about this season. <laughs> uh, he's, he's behind someone who only was in two races. He is just simply not having a good time. <laughs> that article was just <laughs> so perfect. Good. It was so good. But, I want uh, him to be as miserable as possible. Oh, yeah. Fuck him. Let's see, let's see what he's got. Wow. So, Porsche, uh, do you want to see 22 cards on the grid? Why not? That's what I'm saying. I feel like 24 is probably the max. 24 to me, I think, is the maximum amount. I think any more than that, and you start to run some serious risks, especially with these tracks and how fast these cars are anymore. You know, we saw it this past weekend with Mick starting to, you know, inadvertently just starting to hold up Max. And like hearing Max on the radio, that was kind of a really poignant moment where like you can hear the intensity in his voice because he is driving the shit out of that car. Yeah. And he is being chased and being caught. And now one radio where he was like, can you please tell the house to get out of the way, please? Thank you. Yeah. And it was like, oh, shit. I was like, yo, he needs that car to fucking move. <laughs> and immediately that like you can tell that somebody on the Red Bull wall just balls out, sprinted to the fucking oh. Haas team and was like, get the fuck out of the way. Honestly, I feel like it was one of the uh, FIA people listening oh, to the radio. Yeah, it was probably, probably yeah. just like Haas. Tell him to move. Yeah. Pull the fuck over. Yeah. Stop the car. Nobody cares. Get out of the fucking way. Get out of the fucking way. You can way. come to a complete stop and you'll still you'll still finish ahead of your teammate. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Get out of the fucking way. And you're right. Yeah. I mean, it was probably a call to FIA something because like immediately, obviously, Mick moved it. And I don't think Mick is a dickhead. I don't think no. he's doing because like if, you know, if Max was a minute ahead i don't think that it would have been an issue but uh but he was not a minute ahead (laughs) he needed that car to move but like it was the one time that he was so forcefully polite because i think he said please yeah and then i was like damn bro (laughs) it's like max being polite means you know that he's serious yeah like you know please move please right now and he also knew i think he knew that it was schumacher Oh, yeah. Because if it was Nikita, he'd be like, get him the fuck out of the way. <laughs> it's amazing to me. It's amazing. I mean, we're going to see we're going to see a real fucking battle this week, buddy. We're going to yeah. see a battle. We're going to see a good one. What do you got, man? Are you ready? Well, for this? I, I mean, I got some more questions for you, dude. Hit me with questions because I have questions for you. All right. Uh, how do you think Checo is going to perform? this being his first home race as a Grand Prix winner? Uh, I think that that's a great question. Uh, I think he's going to show up in a very big way. I think so, too. I think he's going to show up in a very big way. That's what I have to say about that. What's your uh, first question for me there? 
so I was going to ask you about, um, and it was, it was one of those questions that was less opinion-based and more like, do you know what this means? But we kind of already touched on it about uh, why the cars are better in altitude, um, better or worse. Um, Maybe they'll tell us this weekend at some point. That would be great. Yeah, it would be nice if they kind of fill this in. So Martin Brundle, I know you listen to this podcast. Uh, yeah. Don't miss an episode. Please I'll explain text to us on the... Yeah, I'll shoot him a text and I'll be like, hey, can you fill us in, please? Um, so one of my other questions to you was uh, Alpine, terrible week last week. Uh, no real fault of their own. Just had to, you know, had to retire both cars. Um, obviously, Fernando being the professional that he is uh, was really putting his elbows out in a big way last mm-hmm. week uh, was definitely in more than one investigated incident uh, or at least looked at incident. Um, he was talked about a lot. Uh, also Esteban, I mean, like he had his problems early on, so you couldn't really see it. Um, but all things considered, Fernando is in 10th, Esteban's in 11th in the uh, title race constructors Alpines at one Oh four alpha Tauri Alpine had a pretty strong lead. Yeah. Alpha Tauri is now only 10 points behind them. Um, and, you know, as of last week we had uh, Gasly who unfortunately was out of the race, but Yuki getting a couple of points uh, and kind of showing up a little bit. Does Alpine bounce back this week, or do we see a fight from the Red Bull-powered Alpha Tauri? So, uh, one, this was my next question for you. So, <laughs> awesome. Uh, also, great job setting it up, uh, giving all that additional context around Alpine's recent performance, because this is also what I've been thinking about. And I think it was a huge break for Alpine that on the day they had to retire both cars that Pierre Gasly also had to retire. Right. Um, Massive break. If Gasly had finished in the top 10, like at the very least, Alpine would be uh, in in even greater danger of losing their fifth spot because, you know, we had talked at the beginning of the season that it was sort of like a three-way battle between Alpine, AlphaTauri, and Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think over the course of the season, Aston Martin is going to, they're, they're going to finish in seventh. They're solidly yeah. in seventh. There's no way that uh, Williams is going to catch them. There's right. no way that they're going to catch uh, either AlphaTauri or Alpine. Right. Uh, I think it's interesting. I mean, you know, Fernando is a driver who likes to test the FIA. And what their limits are and poke at the rules and push a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think this is a must, must perform weekend for them. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I like all these drivers, so I, I won't be disappointed in either, but I think that I think Alpine needs this like 
the prize money that comes with fifth place more than Alpha Tower does. Yeah, I the, and that's that's the kicker to me. You just hit the nail on the head for my entire argument of like why these last five races are so important. Yeah, because when you have like Renault, Danny Ricardo really transformed Renault last year. I yeah. think pretty much single handedly. Over the course of a couple of years, Danny really, really transformed Renault. Um, he got him on the podium. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was what he said he was going to do, and he did it. Uh, and Renault becoming Alpine, Esteban having just that much more experience under his belt, and bringing on a champion driver like Fernando Alonso. Like, we expected to see a lot out of them and wanted to see what they would do. And all things considered, a lot of these races and a lot of this year, they have really performed the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, Alpine has showed up and done a lot of work. Um, Alpha Tauri, I'm a little more forgiving of because Pierre Gasly has single-handedly, of mm-hmm. those 94 points, I don't, I don't know this for sure, but of those 94 points, I would say that Gasly probably is responsible for 86 of them. Yeah. Um, you know, and Yuki's young and very inexperienced and very, mm-hmm. very new, and it's his first season. And so it's like, okay, like we'll give Yuki a little bit of a chance. And, and so, like, what is an excellent season for, for Pierre? is kind of a weaker season for Alpha Tauri, but you really nailed the point. Alpha Tauri doesn't need the money. Mm-hmm. They want the money. The money would be oh, great. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, they, it would be great. They have fucking Red Bull money. They're yeah. fine. Alpine needs that money. And so I think these next five races are vitally important that both Fernando and Esteban show up and, and finish big every single week. They have yep. to finish in the points every week. Yes, 100% agree. Um, my next question for you, mm-hmm. why is Haas? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how they're a team. Other than the fact that they must have, they must be giving a lot of money to Formula One because I don't know how they're a team. And I don't know how Gene Haas, I, I love Formula One. I love mm-hmm. it. And if I had all the money in the world and could have an F1 team, for a season that would be crazy shit if my name was on the side of a fucking formula one car for a whole Mm -hmm. season that's crazy but if i was in 19th and 20th and like getting lapped by the people who got lapped yeah i'd be like this sucks and it's a waste of like tens of millions of dollars that i'm not getting anything back for like mm-hmm. there's no reason like that is that is hemorrhaging money. Fuck, man. And like and no signs of it getting better. No signs of it getting better. I want to show you this chart. This is from March after preseason testing. Okay. So yeah. this is on the short pace. 
mm -hmm. uh, gap to the fastest. So Red Bull was the fastest in testing. Mercedes was a half second behind them. Yeah. McLaren was another almost uh, another tenth of a second behind them. Mm -hmm. Then Aston Martin, then Alpine, then Alpha Tauri, then Alpha Romeo, then Ferrari was a second, 1.28 seconds behind Red Bull. Yeah. Haas was 1.36. Okay. Williams was almost 1.83 seconds slower yeah. than Red Bull on the short pace in preseason testing. Yeah. A half right. second slower than Haas. Right. Look at these, look at these results for the Constructors Championship. Williams has 23 fucking points this year. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Williams is doing better. Both Williams drivers are doing better than both Alfa Romeo drivers. Yeah. It's crazy. So I just, I Haas just still has like, zero fucking points. Yeah. And it's last not, year they had three. Right. Bring back Kevin Magnuson. Yeah, dude. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I that dude. it's uh, it's 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 wildly disappointing too because like I think Kevin Magnussen is a great driver. Uh, mm -hmm. I learned to really love Roman Grosjean. Yeah, everybody loves Gunther, mm -hmm. and it's just unfortunate to see the team take such a nosedive in performance in who they are publicly yep. and you know what they have going like it's just disappointing it's just, because like you know what i really want pause to do well like seeing williams it sucks that you know there aren't that like claire isn't in there anymore but like seeing williams get 23 points this year is great seeing them in eighth yeah. place it's awesome it's awesome I, lo you, I love it yeah awesome you know seeing Alpine do well and and getting a win this year seeing all that you know like you see these these lower the midfield teams seeing them get up there is great but seeing like the lower class teams succeed is awesome and I wish I really do wish that Haas with better a better driver mm -hmm. was finding some success mm -hmm but they're just fucking not. Yeah. And they've been getting season over season. They've been getting worse. Yeah. Like that's significantly worse. That's what's, I think that's the most frustrating thing about it is that you can't even be like, Oh, it's always been, you know, a vanity project. Do you think that Gene just has his sights spread a little bit too far because like he's got a NASCAR I, team. I, he's got an Indy. I car, honestly like... don't fucking know because in 2018, okay, 2018, Haas was fifth in the Constructors' Championship. They got 93 points that season. God damn, really? Yeah. Jesus. Roman Grosjean finished, uh, had a fourth place finish um, uh, that season. I'm trying to see where, like, they weren't super consistent, but, like, you know, they had, they had some respectable uh finishes you know yeah um yeah top tens yeah magnuson finished fifth a couple of times um a haas driver has not finished in the points uh since 
the the uh, the Nurburgring race in Germany in 2020. God damn. Uh, which was October. So it's now been a full year since a Haas driver finished in the points because yeah, Grosjean see, came in ninth. Haas ha- so there's Stewart Haas racing, which is Gene Haas and Tony Stewart. They own mm-hmm. a team together. That's NASCAR Cup, NASCAR Xfinity, and the ARCA series. Um, so, like, he's got decent teams, you know? Mm-hmm. He's They do shit. I don't know, man. They have two fucking, yeah, they won two driver's championships. So they're not terrible. You know, the Stewart has team. I know. I'm I'm confused. Yeah. It, it's, it's really just, it's just too bad. Yeah, it's you know, I don't know. Because it's not like Ferrari it's not like last year where you're like, well, they're a Ferrari team, so like they'll be fine. Yeah. Or they're gonna struggle because last year Ferrari was just doing not great. Overall. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like Ferrari's doing fine. I don't know. Yeah, well, they're Ferrari. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you can't, like, when Ferrari's having a bad year, then all the teams that buy Ferrari engines are like, okay, I can't expect them to do well. Right. But, like, there's no excuse this year. So, I don't know. Crazy. if they finish next season with zero points, they should pull out. They sport. should stop. Yeah. But I think yeah. also, you know, at a certain point, regardless of how much money they're putting in, if the FIA doesn't step in and they're like, you're going too fucking slow. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're a hazard on the goddamn track because you're too fucking slow. Like fix this, fix mm-hmm. something. They would have to, you know, they, they have to step in. They have to figure something out because it's not going well. What engine do they use? Whose engine Ferrari. is that? Do they use a Ferrari engine? Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. How do they not make that fucking thing go? Man, Alfa Romeo can't go. Alpha, the Ferrari engine sucked this year, except for in the Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wonder if they, you know, obviously they're not getting the new, new power unit, but still, like. No, no way. They're like, can we have that? Like, Fuck no. no. No, you fucking can't. Yeah, I think next year it's a real test for Haas. If they don't, you know, if they don't score any points this year and they don't get any points next year, then like we got. It's also crazy that uh, Alfa Romeo still has not said who is driving their other car next year. Yeah, dude. Yeah, poor Antonio. I feel bad for that guy. I feel like he wants to know. You know what I mean? I would just want to know. I'd be like, guys, can you just tell me? I mean, he does know, but like, which if he, you know. Uh, if he knows and he hasn't told me, I'm going to be very upset with him. Yeah. Come on, Antonio, with your man bun. Yeah, right. You, uh, do you have any more questions for me? I don't have any more for you. I just got the one, which is uh, who's your driver to watch this weekend? Oh, baby. <laughs> my favorite question. I love it when you ask me this question. Uh, my driver to watch. This week, it's Yuki Sonoda. Interesting choice. Why? Here's Yuki why. Uh, so we saw Yuki get a couple points last week. 
Mm-hmm. He had a consistent drive. Mm-hmm. He uh, definitely um, he started in tenth, finished in eighth. Um, you know, for him, that's not saying a ton. You know, for any driver, it's not really saying a ton. But Yuki has had his troubles this year, uh, and is the only thing he's the only driver I believe in the next five races that will be the difference between Alpha Tauri being in fifth place or in sixth place. Because uh, when when I asked you about Alpine and went into it, uh, I think Alpine knows how vitally important it is for both of their drivers to be in the points and do well. Mm-hmm. Gasly provided his car runs. Uh, it's it's safe to assume he's probably going to be in the top ten, lower, yeah. but he's going to be in there. That ten point differential over a course of ten races isn't easy to make up. If Gasly is the only one finishing in the top ten, correct. Um, Yuki really needs to, you know, and and tying into my conversation earlier about. Danny really figuring out the McLaren, Checo really figuring out the Red Bull. Obviously, I'm talking about two very veteran drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but even Mick, uh, Mick made it into. Uh, did he make it into Q2 a couple weeks ago? A couple weeks ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like even Mick, you know, as a rookie, kind of figuring thing out. It's Yuki has to figure out that car. And he has five races to really, really, really prove why he deserves to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that him consistently finishing in the top 10, and I'm talking about, you know, eighth, ninth, or 10th place would be fine provided he was finishing ahead of Ocon at least. Yeah. Um, so after getting a couple points last week and having a good drive last week, uh, I'm watching Yuki. I want to see how he handles uh, how he handles Mexico and how he handles the pressure of the five races of the season. Yeah, no, I think that's a great answer. Uh, on a side note, I really enjoy. I, I think Alpha Tower is my favorite uh, F1 team on social media. Yeah, dude. They they always seem like they're having a good time. Yeah. Like, like if I was gonna join a pit crew, I feel like that's the team I want to be on because yeah, they're fun. Like, it's low pressure pit team. Yeah, they seem like good dudes. Yeah, for and sure. Ladies, I'm sure there's ladies. Um, yeah, for me, it goes back to my question to you earlier, which uh, I, my driver to watch this week is Checo because mm-hmm. you know he got if he wasn't so dehydrated at the end of last of the last race yeah how did we not talk about the fucking superhero that he is dude because I, I was waiting on now to bring it up yeah man he lost his ability to drink water on like lap one lap one and he was like i was just really thirsty yeah <laughs> like, I was just so thirsty. But, did you see him after the race like just yeah crumbled he, over he looked like the crypt keeper yeah it's like bro you look like you're gonna die you have to go sit um, down and he finished it yeah, he would be great. But 
in that post-race interview and they were talking about how like before they went to mexico city like austin was like coda was like his home race and yeah. him speaking to that crowd in spanish and like i was gonna say like if he wasn't so dehydrated he probably would have been crying um yeah. the man had no water in his body <laughs> yeah at that point i wonder what his post-race weigh-in was um because it had to be like super low Oh, it had to be bad. Like when they yeah. weighed him in, I'm sure that it was, I'm sure that it was like shocking. And they were like, go get an IV right now. <laughs> yeah. Because you are in danger. Here's an IV like... and a popsicle. Eh. Um, but yeah, so I just want, I'm, I'm excited to see how he's, he's going to handle being in that car and being the driver that everyone's thinking about this weekend, other yeah. than Lewis and Max. Yeah, for sure. I think seeing those Mexican flag waves will flags wave will be really exciting for him. Did you see the two my two favorite memes about that last week where uh somebody saw like they, they had his in car and it was the Heineken ad above the track when you drive never drink and they were like poor Checo had to be reminded every single lap. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's fucked up. But then the other one is the the bit from uh from uh the buster scruggs movie where it's you know it's jago in, in the hanging yes yeah and he's like i didn't have drink for the first lap and then it's kimmy looking over at him first time and i was like hell yeah <laughs> it's amazing that's awesome oh uh, yeah uh, dude that very so good. stuff also oh, um, i love ballad of buster scruggs uh so pole position uh, and fastest lap. I'm just gonna put it out there. I'm predicting Max Verstappen. Um, pole position and fastest lap. I have. I agree with you on pole, but fastest lap. I got our boy Checo. Yeah. I think that uh, he's gonna he's gonna be able to pick it up. Checo, which I think gone. might be controversial. I will throw that out there. I think that uh, Checo might. Steal fastest lap, um, accidentally. Um, but I think that it's going to be one of those things where it's like, ooh, like Bottas was given a team order not to take fastest lap, so Lewis could get that extra point. Um, like every single, steal. every single individual point matters. Yeah. So I think Checo's going. It's going to be one of those things like, oh, buddy, uh, I don't think it'll be a huge deal, but I think it will be a deal. Uh, but speaking speaking again, Checo, he's my prediction for driver of the day. Really good call. Um, I have, um, yeah, no, you know what? Oh, fuck, that is a good call. <laughs> Damn it. <sighs> yeah, fine. All right, so I went with uh, Leclerc um, because of my podium. But I think you wanna... you're I think you're hundred percent right and I wasn't thinking. And I did do you, you want to do your podium? My podium is gonna be the first Red Bull one two of the season. Mm-hmm. Max and Checo mm-hmm. and Charles Leclerc in third place. Uh, I'm also predicting uh, the first Red Bull one two of the season. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, but I think it'll be. Lewis. 
In third? In third. Interesting. I'm not happy about it. That's how, that's, how <laughs> that's how it is. This is what it is. Oh, yeah. Good one. Very good. I like this. Uh, my wild card, though, is going to upset you. And I did not do this to hurt you on purpose. I think there's going to be a Ferrari DNF. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, my actual wild card is that Lando doesn't finish in the points. I thought about that. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, this race is going to be incredible. Uh, yeah, dude. We're going to have tacos, and I'm going to have to get quite drunk because that's how I'm going to get through it. I'm upset. You know, I'm upset because <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want this season to end. But I know it has to soon or something bad's going to happen to me. Like, this is how I felt when it was when I was still actively uh, a more exciting person. Um, and I was uh, inebriating myself with substances. And it'd be like 3 a.m. And it's like, man, I know that I know I got to go home soon. I don't want to. But if I don't, I might die. And I genuinely feel the exact same way about this season. Like, no shit, knowing that there's a triple header coming up. And P.S., how are they going to go from fucking Mexico to Brazil to Qatar the next week? Like, what are we talking about? Uh, how are they going to do that? How are they going to do that? It's going to uh, be... Uh, yeah, I can't physically. I don't. I don't know if 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 physically I can handle this season. I mean, it's very much like that uh, Willy Wonka quote where he's like, "The suspense is terrible. I hope it lasts." <laughs> like yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I just I feel so strongly that way, and like I said, every race I'm now just like nervous as fuck the whole time. Yeah, I'm like just pacing in my living room. Oh, and like I clacked at the end of uh, the Austin race, as you should. I I sit. I think I mostly sit with my hands on my head, and I just stare, and I just and I just some most of my shouting is not a language that people understand. It's just like ha ha ha, ha," (laughs) you know. Uh, I'm. Very excited to see how the season turns out. I'm very nervous about how it's going to turn out. I'm very excited to watch the next season of Drive to Survive because oh my God, yeah. I think it's going to be potentially just incredible. A lot of people are heated about it. Like Max was saying that he doesn't want to be fucking involved. Did you see that whole thing? I did not see that whole thing. Yeah, Max was like, I'm not doing it. Like he he openly turned down doing the the floating head interview for it because he's like no i did it last year and they took a bunch of the things that i said and he goes i know they did it for drama and i know that they did it for you know people to watch it but like i'm not interested in that i'm just here to race and like they took my words and they spun them in a way that i didn't mean them uh and then somebody else came out who was it 
was it was it Lando? No, it couldn't have been him. It was another one of the drivers that came up and they were like, Yeah, like I know that it's so good for the sport. And and they they were like, You see the amount of fans that were in Austin, and like mm-hmm. it's obvious that the Netflix effect is having, you know, is is working. But they were like, but it just kind of sucks because this isn't like they're they're making us look like we hate each other and we're fighting against each other for the drama and like that's not the case like we're just we're just racing cars and it's like i I don't agree with that i think it comes across that there is a lot of respect i agree among the drivers and i agree the other thing i will say is the drivers are maybe the least essential part of drive to survive for me yeah like if it's just christian and toto and Ada, like uh, Atmar, like if it's just the team principals, basically that they're talking to, like that's yeah. fine by me because those are the most interesting interviews because those guys they'll say shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, uh, I mean, I love it. I love Drive to Survive. Mm-hmm. I think that it's it's really cool. It a hundred percent is the reason that I got into the sport. Same. I literally turned on the first episode. So I was like, oh, I, I bet you this race footage looks amazing. Yeah. And by the end of it, yeah. I was like, I need to know everything there is to know about the Daniel Ricardo guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 100%. And like, I, you know, but like, because even now, I was saying like, I buy F1 books and like, mm-hmm. I want to know, like, we sit here and we just research shit left and like, we're constantly sending each other articles and stuff to read about like, oh, what about this thing? And did you read this? And, you know what about Porsche joining in twenty twenty five? It's like, like I'm I'm a fucking fan, and a we lot of people fucking sneakers. I bought sneakers. You bought sneakers, <laughs> yo. Yours look sick, dude. It look, yeah, they look great. They're sick. Um, yeah, it's just like at a, at a certain point, a lot of the people who were fans prior to Drive to Survive who were like, oh, if you're a fan because Drive to Survive, fuck you. It's like, no, no, no. My fan because of Drive to Survive, and then I became like a bigger fan than you, you fucking nerd. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. off. Yeah, no, I mean, th- there's there's no wrong way to be a fan of anything, really. No. The no. only way to be a wrong, I and mean, we've talked about this before, the only wrong way to be a fan of racing is to be a person who legitimately is like, I hope people crash. Like, yes, that is correct. You can watch zero races a season and only watch Drive to Survive, and I would still say that you're an F1 fan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know? be like, oh, that's cool. Good for you. You know, yeah. you watch I would one love or two to tell you races more. a year. That's great. Yeah, like you know, I get it. There's a lot going on, but like, I, you know, I don't consider myself a baseball fan, but I try to go to a game or two a season. I watch stuff here and there, but like, yeah, you know, I I don't pay attention to the sport week over week the way I do with F one in part because F one is a lot easier to keep track of because there's yeah. you know less going on. And it's better. Um, well, that's it. But... <laughs> oh, man. All right. Do you want to wrap up this? Uh... Uh, I sure do. As always. And graciously, we are a Movie John podcast. Movie John podcast network. Uh, tons of great podcasts coming out. The fall episode of the or the fall issue of the zine is coming mm-hmm. pretty soon. I'm looking for that in my uh, 
in my mailbox anytime. So go to moviejohn.com and subscribe to the print zine that shows up at your door with all kinds of goodies in it all the time. Uh, read what they got online. Worry about Tons- Paris Hilton for this for this issue. Did you? Yeah. I'm very the, curious. The theme is uh, mannequins, dolls, and wax. So oh, rad. Her, uh, House of her Wax. Parents in, in House of Wax and the See Paris Die promotional campaign for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's very interesting. I'm excited yeah. about this. Uh, yeah. Uh, so check out Movie John. It's all good shit about movies and uh, one especially good podcast about Formula One, which you're listening to right now. Um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at feif one pod. You could always email us at uh, feif one that's O-N-E, at gmail.com. I'm Ian. You're Ryan. F-E-I-F-1. F-E-I-F-1. F-E-I-F-1.